0: I am a wayfarer on the waking way just like you. Years ago, in a time of despair, I was given cause to consider my small place in the whole of creation. The old questions that have perplexed us for ages were haunting me as well. Why are we here? Must there be a reason for our existence? How do we balm our sufferings enlighten our minds, and awaken our hearts. Are there powers, energies, and realities just beyond our ability to comprehend them? Like a new day rising, a fervor to understand these things illuminated my inner East. The discoveries along the way have been manifold, malleable, and colorful. Like a kaleidoscope, the teachings and practices I have gathered continue to shift and bend imprinting on the textures of daily life just as it is. My ministry arrives in the form of sharing this extremely personal, varied, sacred, ordinary way with you. Let us traverse this landscape together as siblings. I pray you will join me for a time. I am your brother Oren, and this is my witness to the wisdom cry of the Dawn Deacon. I was just starting my Sunday morning prayer walk. I'd walked about a quarter of a mile and my internal wheels started spinning. I like to use Sundays to think about activities I participated in throughout the week, things that have happened. Analyze the good and the bad and just consider things, contemplate them. I typically, on Sundays, go walking in a different place just for a change of scenery. I really hadn't planned on taking you with me. Today, but very quickly into this morning's walk, I realized that some of these contemplations and meditations might be useful to someone out there. So often, when we're talking, I skirt around ideas of spirituality and ritual and religion. In fact, there may be people that even think I'm hostile towards those things. The truth is, I have personal rituals and ideas, practices that I hold very dear to me. And I've shared some of those things. But the truth is, when I really analyze myself, I really do think it's worth sharing some of these things with you. I never know who's listening. I never know who a particular visit is going to connect with. Maybe today that's you. I know, had I been told some of the things I'm about to share this morning, it would have taken a lot of anxiety and confusion out of my way early on in my young adult life. In fact, I'm just reminding myself often Whenever I go on one of these contemplative walks and things start to bubble to the surface. Today I want to talk about using what you have right in front of you. Whether you're a believer in God, gods or no God at all I think it's very clear that one can have a deep and rich spiritual life no matter what tradition you come from or what belief you cling to but I know how I've been and I understand that there are a lot of people like me I've never quite fit in to one tradition, one way, and I've always been curious about the common ground between others who practice different forms of spirituality, but the reality is it's difficult or often can be difficult when you don't have a community to practice with. So on one hand, a community can be a very good thing as it gives you camaraderie, support, and a framework of believers to operate in. On the other hand, believers and support can toe the line with cult-like behavior. Especially if the morality of a group does not align with your own personal morality that you've chosen to live by. I believe in everybody's autonomy to learn and find their own boundaries of morality. I encourage people to push them to be more inclusive but i also understand that each person stands in a unique place all their own in last conversations i've talked about identity and many conversations i've talked about identity and acceptance so it's easy in a group to supplant your own identity with that of the group And in fact, I I encourage or even support the ideas of investigating your own identity, your own ego, your own person, and just looking at the ingredients to see if any of it's actually real and to seek yourself in another way and see if there's something deeper that the self might be made of less superficial, less surface. But beyond all that, I really wanna talk about using what you have in your life right now. Not everyone has access to the religion of their birth, a teacher. Some people don't even have access to friends or family. Some people are displaced and wayward and wayfaring, windblown, landing somewhere far, far from the comforts that they may or may not have known as a child. If you're like me and you're closer to 50 than 40, and you're still wrestling with some of these issues, these questions this spiritual homelessness, then maybe what I'm talk about will help you today. I've always had an affinity for lost things, broken things, secondhand things, given things, found things. And when I say that I don't just mean objects I also mean people My heart on each of these walks cracks in some way my spiritual tears often turn into real salty tears on my face especially in the silence of the morning before the activities of the day Fill my mind and pull me away from my tender spots. What do I mean when I say use what you have in your life to build a spiritual life? If you're a wayfarer, windblown, or just alone. I really want you, if you're listening today, to know that you're really not. You may not be right next to people like you. You may not have that community acceptance, that very visible and comfortable bond of siblinghood that can be found in a group or church or sect or cult. But you're not alone. Just like all the rest of the windblown seeds in the world, you have a common ground that you share, common roots. And I really believe they can grow anywhere with tending. What do I mean about using what you have So today I'm walking in a a park that I have access to. It's not the most beautiful park, but often when I come here I have actually used my imagination to make it sacred and holy for me. There's a fountain in the middle of the park with a particular number of concrete squares surrounding it that make up the path. I've assigned meaning to each of those squares depending on the direction they face. And I'll take moments to stand in them around the flowing water of the fountain in the morning light. Often, they act as my temple to anyone else they may be nothing these things might not even be considered but they for me have become a sign of ideas I'd like to see bear fruit in my life of particular traits I'd like to cultivate and see grow And so in the rising light, as the fountains turn on, I walk the circle. I walk around the park a certain number of times as an offering of prayer, or even a sweet mortification to some degree, asking my feet to pray for me when my mind's too tired the tap of my bamboo cane an offering meaningless to some to another you hear it now do you consider that it's a prayer all of this is just mind work these things fabrications but they give meaning to me And they add a type of holiness humble holiness to ordinary places and ordinary things maybe you don't have a teacher but you can look around and use what you have anything the other day just a day ago I was watering My plants during the evening and the afternoon sun, almost dusk, and watching the water drip and glisten off of the leaves and flowers. And there was one particular plant that I'd foraged three years ago. I remember driving home one evening and i saw a pop of orange on the side of the road just in the ditch growing among the trash it wasn't too far from my home so one afternoon i walked from my house with a shovel down to the spot and the garbage that i saw the color in and it was an almost dead little patch of lantana. And if you're familiar with lantana, you know the colors and the arrangement I'm talking about. It was about the size of a basketball. So I pulled its frail roots up from the ground, the rocks, and I brought it home and put it in a pot. Gave it fresh soil and water. In the first weeks after the recovery, the plant did not do well. It was the shock, which most people who transplant things will notice. The leaves withered. It seemed as though it would die, to be honest. But in the weeks and months that followed, lantana started showing leaves and I watered it and I fed it among the other things that I'd foraged and transplanted and then sometime within the next year it started to grow just a bit and it would make its cycles like the other plants flower to seed hibernation and growth again. Yesterday, I was talking to my mother and I showed it to her. And the lantana is over 4 feet wide now and it is not struggling. Blooming in every direction. Healthy, multicolored. In fact, I thought, or I know, I will need to make some clippings and transplant the clippings to various places around our home and watch those clippings with love and care go through the same cycles. There have been times over the past three years where I've somewhat forgot about that plant. I have almost let it, well, at least seemingly die a few times for my lack of care or concern, being busied with other things hurricanes, mental health, the loss of loved ones, severe winter storms and floods economics pandemic but the lantana was there growing roots roots getting deeper and then this year it just exploded in growth and color it's really beautiful and surprising And unless I told you the story of this meager little trash plant you wouldn't know you might even ask me where I got such a beautiful beautiful patch the fountains just kicked in do you hear that how do I use the lantana When I was watering it, the other day I thought about all the different good things and maybe seemingly hopeless things in my life that were so easy to give up on. So easy to forget about in the busyness. And am I watering them? Am I revisiting them, pruning them, trimming them, and giving them time to flourish? Or do I give up on them? Good examples of this would be my mercy and compassion and kindness and goodwill, wisdom, discernment, concentration, action. All these things can be turned towards goodness, but am I watering them? Do I give them any attention or do I allow them to root out and dry in the pots? In that moment, the lantana was a teacher. It didn't do it on its own, mind you. I had to turn my attention towards it. And allow the lesson to come and rise up out of the soil of my mind but I used what I had and in that moment it was my master priest counselor comforter and that's just one example of using what you have This week I had two very lucid and detailed dreams. And I visited with my wife about both of them, the textures of the worlds, the specific people in them. She had shared a dream with me related to her father who passed away last year of a heart attack It's her dream, and I'll leave it private. But within a day of her sharing that, I also had a dream of my grandfather who died of a heart attack when I was a young boy. And in the dream, I was a young boy again, many years younger than when he passed away. It made me realize how much I missed his presence. But being aware of what was to come, in my dream I made a choice to tell my grandfather about what was coming, about his heart, and I pleaded with him to take the right actions, to change it so that he could be with us and help us, so that we could have a grandfather in our life because we really didn't after his passing. I, in my dream, I could tell that he was confused by his young, young grandson speaking to him in such an adult way about something so odd. as I sat on his knee and tried to convince him that what I was saying was true. He eventually warmed up to the idea. And I had this great hope in my dream that I would be, that when I would wake up, it would be different. And that he would take the actions. Obviously that is not the case. And I did wake up in the same timeline, and my grandfather still passed away from the same heart attack. I visited with my wife about this, and, you know, on one hand, it's very easy to see where the seeds were from our conversation about her father and her particular dream and how my dream of my grandfather related. But yesterday, I was thinking about what I could learn from it. Instead of leaving the dream in a novel place and simply saying it was nice to see my grandfather again. Was there anything in it that I could learn? Anything in my actions? And the answer was yes. Even my wife's dream was a cause to take a right action and to turn the dial towards something positive. The loss of so many people in my life heart problems and I see the pain in the missing men I don't want to be a missing man in the lives of these children in the life of my wife granted I can't control chaos with so many things in the world that could take our lives from us pull us quickly and instantly from the arms of our loved ones I believe it's good to have a healthy respect and acceptance of death but in this body and in this incarnation this identity that's rose up this person named Orin with the cumulative DNA of all its ancestors I have to be aware that if I want to be with those I love I can take actions today to ensure that my heart is as healthy as it can be The truth is, for weeks I've already been, or even not weeks, but months, been taking those actions. But the dream of me pleading with my grandfather to begin to take the actions that could change his future, I realize that it's me pleading with myself to really make this a priority. In truth, reflecting on how old I assumed I was in that dream, my grandfather was likely close to my age now, which is closer to 50 than 40. I was talking to myself and even my wife's dream was a message for me. If I want it to be, dreams can be just dreams. These incredible elaborate stories that rise up from all these ingredients. But I consider myself lucky to have had these lucid dreams this week. And so, the dream becomes the teacher. The wise companion. It's what I had to work with. the lantana plant and the dream are just two examples of using what you have it could be something you find on a walk it could be the words of a stranger overheard eavesdropped a plant on the side of the road Honestly, it could be anything. Sometimes I think I've been guilty of what maybe some have called fantasy. Easy to say, Oh, you look for signs. So you find what you want. You look for alignments and you make them. And I don't disagree wholeheartedly. but I still think it's a good thing especially if you're allowing them to guide you toward a good healthy action that's helpful in general it makes this ordinary world full of so much despair and rubble and trash living and bright in spite of those things there are so many more examples I could share of using what you have making and finding meaning but I encourage you to find your own meaning I encourage you to look in your own life. For me, I find it often in the forgotten places, the edges, the leftover spots where things go to get caught in the fence or the thistles and thorns. Digging around in those spaces are great treasures for me. Most of the items that I hold sacred or dear or have elevated to sacrament in my life come from found things, shared things They're not made of gold or silver. They're not covered in precious jewels. They're objects disregarded, easily forgotten. In fact, walking right now, this piece of bamboo, one piece in a world covered in it, comes from a place that I enjoyed walking and sharing the chaplet of Divine Mercy for many years. It's split and bent but when I hold it I remember it carries for me through my connection to it the power of that time On this this simple bamboo reed, all dried and split, are three medicine bags. Filled with items. Stories, people, moments, joyful and painful. And just holding them even when I can't remember all the moments I find meaning in them just in looking at these bags and knowing that I'm honoring my whole history not just the manicured parts this is a way for me to use what I have use what I've found what's been with me along the way and there's room in these bags for more if only I am willing to be aware I want to water all of those things and these simple items More precious to me than gold chalices. Satin cloth. These little items. Bones, stones. Threads, seeds. These little items. Are valuable I want to water them I want to water them just like the lantana and they grow within each of these small things there's a whole world for me to access if I'm willing to use my humble mind if I'm willing to contemplate them and touch them with sincerity Use what you have in your life. Doesn't have to be an object or, or, or a collection of things. It can just be a space, just like this park. It could be a corner of a street. It can be A city There's a city that's like that for me. And when my feet walk it, with the alignment of my thoughts and my heart, it becomes a holy place for me. I know when I go there, for the most part, the citizens and the travelers are going about their normal, everyday lives With little to no regard Of what's going on in me But the whole city truly is a cathedral Even now this morning in the park Morning walkers and bikers Are starting to show up now that the Sun has risen is it a holy place for them or is it just a park does it matter it's holy for me I'm not sure there's much more I can say to encourage you to use what you have the main thing is I encourage you or, I hope truthfully that by listening to this, you feel less alone, especially if you don't have a community or even a partner that you can share your internal life with. I've been there, I am blessed to have a partner like that in my wife. And in many ways, she is my church, my sangha, my spiritual group. And I hope I've been a good partner to her. Maybe you just have one person. Regardless, there are people out there. And I hope you will consider me your brother. One of them who are thinking of you and just turning their hearts towards you on this Sunday. And across all the distance, you feel a simple loving of another human being, no matter your circumstances. whatever they are you can use them somehow find meaning in them maybe that will be healthy and maybe it gives you peace and a feeling of hope thank you for coming on this walk with me today May all beings have happiness, and the causes of happiness. May all be free from suffering, and the causes of suffering. May all rejoice in the well-being of others. And may we all live in peace, free from greed and hatred. Brother Oren Parker is the producer and host of The Dawn Deacon and the Find the Good News podcast. As a licensed ecumenical minister, he practices universal spiritual accompaniment, offering a brother's ear to fellow seekers. Oren provides baptism, blessing, and union ceremonies, as well as tailored rituals to memorialize special occasions or blessings to sanctify personal spaces. Brother Oren also officiates weddings and funerals. For information or to contact Oren, visit findthegood.news or email Oran at orrenparker.com.